You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. Play the Pacers until March. It's a long time away. March. What's not a long time away, actually it's in the past, the Thunder just defeated the Utah Jazz. Are we going? Oh, we're going. <laughs> we are so going. Uh, the Thunder defeat the Utah Jazz 122-113 to 113 in a game they never trailed. Hi, everybody. You're listening to the OKC82 podcast. I am Brady Trantham. With me, as always, is Madison Morris. Just Hello. a few chairs down is Mr. Adam Suave Francisco putting his <laughs> putting his, uh, t- putting his toys away. Yeah. Looking fly. Anyway, he just finished his stuff, so we we waited patiently, and now we get to record our podcast. Yay. So, yay. Madison, you weren't here until the fourth quarter. but you I did, missed pretty much the entire game. But you really didn't need to see anything other than just the knowledge. Paul George was the best player on earth today. He oh. took the Amon Shumpert role that um, the Thunder have seen <laughs> now twice this year. Uh, eight of ten from the floor, five of six from the three-point line. Didn't miss his... He didn't miss his um, first three-pointer and his only miss from the three-point line until about a minute left in the third quarter. Didn't really play that much afterwards in the fourth. Thunder led by 20. Pretty much the entire game, they kind of let their foot off the gas. Um, that's the big story. The secondary story is going to be Russell Westbrook struggling from um, shooting from the floor. Mm. Finished 4 of 18. Uh, but other than that, he played fantastic uh, distributing the ball. Um, he even had a lot of great defensive possessions. It was just a game that the Thunder absolutely dominated against a team that they should have because while I think everybody's in agreement that Utah is, you know, they're certainly disappointing to start the year off, I think I think it's kind of a hot take to say that they're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to be a playoff team. They're talented, and they have a proven system. They also were on the second night of a back-to-back, so it was definitely a game that the Thunder needed to win and should have won, and they did. And They looked uh, very impressive considering they looked terrible the other night against Chicago. Right, and I, like I said, I didn't get to watch a lot of this game. I did try to listen to it. Um, Just for our podcast listeners to know, I teach a class in Stillwater every Monday night. So a lot of these December Monday night games are going yeah. to destroy me. Yeah, I told I, I said it on the podcast the other like whatever last Monday night game. Oh, that, that I wasn't here. At yeah, all. yeah. I, what what is it? Is it dance, cheer, palm? Um so I teach dance classes. I teach dance. a high school class and then a little baby class and um it starts right at six in Stillwater, so I have to race back for Monday night games. So I apologize for uh, my lack of analysis on Monday night games. But um what I was listening to in the car it was, it was interesting because I turned it on and I think the Thunder had maybe a 17 point lead at the time I turned it on. Yeah. And I was like, wow, okay, this is good. You know, the Thunder is doing some good work out there. They really came to play. I mean, they did have two days off to kind of get things settled. Um, I think it was, who's, who spoke in practice the other day? Um, who did it? Paul George. It was Paul. Yeah, Paul said something about how they were all feeling good. They were feeling refreshed. They kind of let the Chicago game go, which is what they really needed to do just to come in and face Utah. But, you know, they were saying that they were feeling good. Uh, when I got here and watched the game, they were looking really good. I think um, Utah pulled it within, oh, gosh, maybe. They got it down to within eight at one point in the second quarter. Okay, uh, I was third still quarter, at that point. Third quarter was completely – uh, missed a, the entire third a domination quarter. by the Thunder. They outscored the the Jazz forty two to twenty nine. It wasn't close. The Jazz, like like we said, the, the Jazz did get it down to kind of a a little bit of a scare, I guess you could say, um, in the fourth quarter. 
Um, Billy Donovan actually, like, Billy Donovan thought that the lead was, like, the Thunder were playing too sloppily because he put Russell Westbrook back mm-hmm. onto the floor after a 20-point lead with about six minutes or so left in the game. It was a little odd, but it allowed Russell to get his 110th triple-double. He scored his final bucket. Um, Russell looked so frustrated coming onto the floor. Um, mm-hmm. He was going through his shooting motion. Um, his missed free throws tonight, I mean, he just looked absolutely frustrated. But um, it's just interesting because – We've seen, you know, the Thunder over the years. When Russell Westbrook has a game like that, the Thunder are hard-pressed to find victory. Right. And now they've got Paul George, and Paul George, who's playing at an MVP caliber level, and he's certainly in the conversation. Even if he sustains this, I don't know if he's going to win it because you've got Giannis and Tenacumpo out mm-hmm. there, Kawhi Leonard, and LeBron James, everybody. You know, there's all these other guys that are in the mix. But I think Paul has at least thus far put himself in a – in the conversation for it to where it's not really a hot take, but um, it's just been incredible the way he's been able to dominate on both sides of the floor. And without Andre Robertson now until about January or February, God willing for this team, um, you'd be hard pressed to find another guy that's playing as well as Paul. And that's, that's exactly what Billy Donovan said to us in the post game. But um, again, you missed most of the game, but it was, that's all you need to know mm-hmm. is, is how dominant Paul George was. I mean, I kind of went through the caveats already. Utah's playing on the second out of a back-to-back. They're struggling to kind of get their legs back under them. Quinn Snyder said as much in the pregame. But it, it really goes into the theme of this Thunder team this year is they've taken care of business. Their schedule's been cake, but they've taken care of business. They play these these good teams, quote-unquote, on the second night of the back-to-back. They take care of business. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the best things you can say about a basketball team in the NBA where wins are hard to come by. They just take care of business. Yeah, and something that I did take away from the end of this game, which is all I got to watch, but I did take away that this team has really fought this season. You know, they even when they have big leads like they did have tonight, um, I think I got here and they were already in the 100s, and I think Utah was still trailing at like a high 70-something. and. I sat down next to Brady. I said, wow, the Thunder have a pretty comfortable lead. This is incredible. I didn't, like, not expect this, but at the same time, I, I didn't expect it. It would have been bad news if you sat down and the Jazz came back and won. <laughs> like, well, and I'm leaving again. Everybody Goodbye. at Madison Morris. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I've just been really impressed the way this team fights. They don't really give up, and that doesn't just go for the players. It also goes for Billy. He's been making some really good rotations, and, you know, like you said, he put Russell back out there, and I think he understands, you know, okay, you know, the Thunder have a pretty good lead, but I still want to put some of these players back out. I still want to put some of the starters back out there just to kind of keep the rhythm of this game going the way it has been instead of just settle for, uh, we got the win. It doesn't really matter that we allowed them to come back too much. But, you know, Billy's been doing a good job doing stuff like that. Russell has been fighting. Paul obviously has been an all-star. Um, you know, Dennis Schroeder picking up 23 off the bench. He's just been setting the tone for this Thunder bench and things have just been really falling into place. You know, I thought I thought going into this game, it was really interesting because, um, and he said it to us in the offseason, Nerlens Noel, I'm talking about, where he told the media that, yeah, I watched last year's playoff series against the, um, when the Thunder played the Jazz, and I thought I could really help this team. Nerlens only plays about six minutes, just about six minutes in the first half, at the end of the first quarter and a little bit into the second quarter. His impact was I thought next to Paul George's and Steven Adams, probably the third best on the team because that was the big advantage Utah had in the postseason last year was 
you know, Stephen Adams' backups were either Patrick Patterson, which I'm sorry, Patrick Patterson, but you're not going to go up against Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert and win that win those yeah. matchups, or Jeremy Grant. Where, while you know Grant is incredibly versatile and talented in his own right, I would still take the Jazz nine times out of ten on those matchups, mm-hmm. especially defensively. Um, Nerlens Noel relieving St- Stephen Adams allowed Stephen to kind of obviously get a breath, um, feel I guess the I guess the belief that you don't have to do everything on your own. It's not just about you trying to neutralize Gobert and Derek Favors at mm-hmm. times. Uh, Nerlens Noel, I mean, in, in those six minutes, he had four points, um, two of four shooting. Um, he was a plus five. He had three steals, a block, and just kind of kept that paint dominance that the Thunder held um, in terms of Gobert, Favors, and Adams, and Noel. Mm-hmm. Kept that um, paint dominance going um, even with Adams off the floor. And I think when when you think about te- playoff teams like Utah, that's where New Orleans Noel's importance is going to come from. And you talked about Dennis Schroeder. Just Schroeder and Noel, it's 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 really interesting how, like, just the night and day difference this uh, team's bench um, has been since, mm-hmm. I mean, last year. Right, and I've just been really impressed with New Orleans the past couple of games. Honestly, he's really stepped it up. I think he's kind of been on, like, an uphill spiral ever since he had that big night when – uh, Steven was out, and he had to have that starting position. I think that just, I don't even know, ensued an entirely different kind of confidence in him. And every game he steps on this court to play for the Thunder, he has, what, two or three blocks. He's just really mm-hmm. he's really powerful on defense. He finds some good lobs from Dennis. He's got good chemistry with the rest of the guys. I think he's learning his place. He's learning, you know, what where he needs to step up. And he's been a key player for this team, even – you know, without a bunch of shooting opportunities, you know, with guys like Paul George, Stephen Adams stepping up on offense and Dennis Schroeder, you don't need everybody to get out there and make all those kinds of shots. You have guys that are doing a lot of the dirty work and that's what Nerlens is doing. Yeah. Going back to um, Paul George, because I mean, he is, he is the story tonight. Like I said, eight of 10 from the field, uh, 31 points on 10 shots. It's just, what? I mean, we were, <laughs> we were saying this, or we were, have not, having nothing to do with Paul George, just ironically, it has something to do with Paul George. Before the podcast, <laughs> uh, Madison was just um, having a lot of fun singing The Heat Is On by uh, Glenn Fry. <laughs> and the heat was on for Paul. He was definitely feeling it. And it looked a lot like Playoff P in game one of the uh, playoff series he last year. Um, it, it was just, it, it's a nice pleasure that the Thunder have. Your best player in Russell Westbrook goes 4 of 18 from the floor and is just. A biz, like it wasn't just he was missing shots. It wasn't like he was missing shots at the at the rim. He only went to the rim a handful of times. Most of his misses were from mid range mm-hmm. three point. He was zero for five from the three point line. His shot just looked off. But despite that, you've got a guy like Paul George playing at such a high level. Um, it, it's just been incredible the the consistency that he's been able to keep all year, even in games where he's terrible shooting from the floor, like that zero for ten. Um, three-point performance that we always bring up against Mm -hmm. Charlotte a few weeks ago. Despite that, he's still able to make so many impacts, and it allows Russell Westbrook to kind of find himself in rhythm um, when he's having a bad shooting night or at least try to make impacts elsewhere, which is what he talked about in the locker room. Well, and it's good to have someone like Paul. You know, he he trusts Russ. They have a really good on-court and off-court relationship and a friendship. But, you know, he was saying tonight in the locker room, don't worry about Russ. You know, Russ is going to get his shot. Maybe it's not on tonight, but it will be the next time. And, you know, I think these guys really feed off of each other. I know that they support each other. They always tell us in the locker room when asked about it. So having a guy like Paul who can come in and even when the team's best player isn't stepping up and making shots like 
people are expecting him to do when I'm talking about Russell Westbrook on this, you know, it's comforting for Thunder fans and for just us as media to see Paul George coming in and really taking over and just knowing where he needs to take his shots. He feels comfortable on offense doing this. And, you know, Paul and guys like Steven, guys like Dennis, it's just good to see a lot of shooters right now. Mm. I think that's been something that's good for the Thunder as they've progressed throughout, you know, the past 10 or so games. I feel like these guys have really stepped up. They're doing the best they can to support each other, kind of back each other up. And that's another thing that Paul said, you know, I'm going to back Russell up. I'm I'm here to back Russ up. I know what I need to do, and that's what he did tonight. There's just so much more synergy with this team than than there was last year. I mean, last year it was obvious it would be Russell would try to set up Paul, Russell would try to set up Melo, and either it was either Melo has a good shooting night and the Thunder are probably going to succeed and at least put themselves in a position to win a game, or like most nights towards the end of the year and into the postseason, Melo was not having a good shooting night, mm-hmm. so therefore the burden offensively was on Russell and Paul, and it was a lot of your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn. But now it's just it's so much more fluid that the offense that, like I said, even even nights like tonight, Russell can have a bad game, but the Thunder can still look incredible offensively. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much of it is, you know, the comfort level of Paul George not having to answer free agency questions, knowing his future is set with Oklahoma City for the next few years. Um, I don't know how much of it is it's year two with Russell Westbrook and Paul George, but just in your opinion, I mean, other than the obvious glaring Carmelo Anthony <laughs> difference, what, what's been the biggest – I mean, we're 20, 24, 25 games into the year. We can start making these these uh, statements about – I mean, this is how the Thunder should uh-huh. play going moving forward. And it's always been about defense with this team, but offensively, I, I, the sky is the sky is the limit, which is odd considering this team cannot shoot. <laughs> well, and Paul gets asked about this a lot. You know what what's been the difference in this year compared to last year? And I think that's become kind of the universal answer. And I think that's what everyone expects is, well, I don't have free agency. I don't have to worry about that. People are always saying, you know, oh, Paul's super comfortable here in Oklahoma City now because he knows this is where he's going to be. But I honestly want to credit it to it just being his second year with Russ. Mm -hmm. And that's just my personal opinion. I think last year, you know, when you have two dominant players like that, it's not going to take just one or two games to really feel each other out and to understand uh, each other's court presence. I think it's going to take an entire season. And not saying that they were off a lot last season, but I feel like this season they are so on because they understand each other better. They know how to play. They trust each other. They've built an off like an off-court friendship as well. And I think it's just a matter of Paul fitting in with this team more because he's played with them. Uh, he has these new guys coming in. He's no longer a Thunder rookie. He, you know, he's a Thunder vet. He's a definite NBA vet. He knows what he's doing out there now. And I think not only the team and Billy Donovan, but I think this Thunder fan base is starting to trust him as more of a leader for the Thunder as well. Yeah, and sometimes it's just as simple as that. You can overthink it as much as you want, but sometimes it is as simple as it's just year two and there's just more comfort. There's more more of an understanding that Russell is the leader of the team, but mm-hmm. Paul is certainly a, a, a type but he's of player up there, you yeah, know? that can take over on nights like on nights like tonight where he certainly did. Um, it, it's just it's weird because it feels like every time I write my recap for the most part of this year, um, or anytime we do these podcasts, we rarely ever talk about Paul George, and it's right. and it's because it's because Russell Westbrook is the tor- the emotional tornado that he is, and because that's the way he plays, 
his fingerprints are usually all over the game. I mean, this is Russell Westbrook's team, obviously. Uh-huh. And then you have games like Stephen like Stephen Adams' game against uh, Chicago, the first uh, in the first quarter, and some other games sprinkled here and there. And then Dennis Schroeder has a lot of games where he's won the Thunder games. Alex Abrines will have a random game where he makes seven of eleven three pointers. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just Paul has just been this the subtle constant. And I say subtle because, like I said, I feel like we rarely talk about him. And it's just it's so odd to me that. We rarely talk about a guy that's getting MVP chance. You know, it's kind of sprinkled here and there um, and at a home games. It happened tonight. But, I mean, if the Thunder are going to get into this tougher part of their schedule from December on into February, Paul is going to have a big say about it because mm-hmm. if Russell continues to struggle is shooting from the floor and sh- shooting from the free throw line, it's going to be not Paul George's team, but Paul George's team offensively, if that mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Because Russell is going to have his, his fingerprints on – distributing on rebounding on the occasional possessions where he wants to actually defend mm-hmm. but I mean tonight was as perfect as a game as you could see this team play well that's good because I missed majority of it but <laughs> you know Brady in the locker room actually asked Russell kind of his thoughts on um, Paul getting the MVP chance people kind of seeing him as an MVP candidate uh, can you talk a little bit about that I didn't really like Russell's answer because it was it was like tiptoeing around the bush a little bit but I feel like if Russell had a better night shooting he would have been more open about it because the one thing like covering Russell Westbrook the one thing that you can always ask him that he'll open up and give you a good Russell answer which is more than three words (laughs) the one thing that he always likes to talk about are his teammates Mm -hmm. and I think I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say that Russell's pissed off that he shot poorly and then now his 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 home fans are now chanting MVP to Paul George. Russell wants Paul to be as successful as possible because if Paul George plays at this level, you know, consistently, and he were to, let's just say, win the MVP, that probably means the Thunder are playing at a high level. And they're definitely in the playoffs, and they're a team that you have two MVP um, caliber players on the same team. Um, Both of them can have shown that they can play on both sides of the floor at a high level. Russell wants that. But, you know, I asked him tonight. I think he was just a little bit frustrated in his own head with um, just his shooting performance and just said that, you know, Paul plays consistent on both sides of the floor, and it's been kind of an all-year thing, and it's led to the Thunder being the best defensive team in the league net rating-wise. They've been on since October 28th. Basically, after they started 0-4, they were 17-4 since. Mm and uh, have looked like one of the better, if not the best team in the league next to Toronto or Milwaukee. Um, I mean, yeah, it, I tried to get him to, to say some nice things about Paul, but I probably I mean, should have. It's I, just a typical Russell Westbrook yeah, answer, you know, yeah, just yeah. kind of like We've all had vague, bad days at the office. Vague. Yeah. <laughs> We've all had bad days at the office except for you, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Madison qu- had quite the day at the office. You had all three jobs today. I had all three. Well, I didn't even realize it till you just said that. Yeah. I did, guys. I had all three jobs today. Um, I work part time at Kendra Scott, the jewelry store. Come see me. Um, oh yeah, I actually, did. please I, don't come see me. I don't know. <laughs> I did. I did see you today. Yeah. I, I thought about we should have done a stand up today, like Brady Trantham from the franchiseofpay.com. You totally could have, Yeah. Uh, looking live at Kendra Scott in Oklahoma City. And there's Madison. <laughs> uh, Behind the talking, cash register. Talking to a bunch of frustrated, non-patient, impatient, oh my gosh. In, in, non-patient, impatient 
women that you want their jewelry now. No idea what I have to deal with on a daily basis, people. <laughs> it's fantastic. That's what we should podcast about right now. It's just your day. I mean, screw the game. Who cares? Yeah, I, I feel like we've pretty much covered the game, honestly. Like Utah lost the Thunder one. There we go. Move on. But <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's been a long day, people. But I don't think there was a better way to end it. Just seeing the Thunder have the success and seeing guys like Paul George really step up and be a leader to this team. Russell Westbrook, of course, gets triple-double number 110 and I think we've said this on the past two podcasts when he surpassed Jason Kidd then he got 109 the last game that's been falling through the cracks so easily because other guys on this team have been able to step up and I don't want to say steal the spotlight but they've been able to kind of redirect the story on them just because yeah they've performed they came and they did their job and it's awesome no, no that's exactly <laughs> right I mean uh it's been talked about to death about Russell Westbrook and the triple double. Right. And um, to to a large extent, Russell Westbrook has normalized the triple double. It's no longer incredible when he does it. When other players sniff a triple double, I saw Luka Doncic uh, was in triple double territory. I don't know if he finished with one tonight, <laughs> but it became like this big thing on Twitter that oh, Doncic is about to drop a triple double. It's amazing when other people do it, but mm-hmm. Russell Russell did it tonight people on are a like, terrible oh. on a terrible on probably for his standards a terrible game it's just and even the um the other night in chicago i i just he scored a bucket and then i looked at the box score i was like oh triple double triple double um but to to your point it's it's exactly right if russell is playing at this level where he's pretty much averaging a triple double he's right under it right now i think he's like 9.6 rebounds 9.8 mm-hmm. assists he's right there and if he keeps this up he's certainly going to average one again for a third year in a yeah, row a but if he's season. able to do that and the thunder are still able to be a top three top five defensive team a top you know 10 12 15 offensive team just basically in the top half of the league mm-hmm it's just incredible because you know you've got that in your back pocket. You've yeah. got a guy that can win you a game in a game where you're playing terribly. Um, you've got another guy in Paul George who did that very same thing Wednesday night against the Nets where the Thunder should have lost. They should have lost. They should have lost, but Paul George saved them. You've got two guys in your back pocket that can just save you on bad nights, mm-hmm. and one of them averages a triple-double. Paul George is like, nah, we ain't losing this game. Pretty much. Liked it. Um, Love the fire. Let's see. I'm I'm trying to see if there's anything else we missed. Um, everybody's favorite Utah jazzer, jazzist. Jazzist. Jazz musician. Uh, Mr. Joe Ingles, a.k.a. Toby. Toby from Fl- the office. Toby from the <laughs> office. Joe Ingles from uh, HR. <laughs> Only had six points. Um, you didn't get to see this this glorious, oh, my goodness. Oh, so man. there was one possession. I think it was in the second quarter. Um, Paul George went up on a, uh, it was a kind of a pseudo fast break. He went to the rim. And Ingles played some pretty solid defense on him, kind of poked the ball away and forced. I mean, Paul was able to still corral it and put up a shot attempt. It was ugly. But <laughs> basically, Joe Ingles stopped Paul from getting an easy layup. Well, Ingles gets the rebound and then kind of has that cocky confidence that he Uh-oh. plays with that I loved I loved watching him play. <laughs> but he has this he, – he's like, okay, I got you. Then he decided to take it coast to coast and put up the most trash layup attempt <laughs> I've ever seen a coast to coast guy ever take that wasn't getting fouled. It it was it was just like, yep, yeah, that's the Jazz's night. It's the second night of a back to back. they certainly look tired. Donovan Mitchell like you this would have been exciting. This is probably like um, the thing you'll be most frustrated about that you missed. Second quarter is when Mitchell started heating up. He only finished with 19 points on 6 of 15 shooting, but I feel like the brunt of his scoring came at, um, in the second quarter. It, it started to look like, okay, it's going to be Paul George versus Donovan Mitchell. Like, I'm here for this. But 
um, everybody else was just either getting neutralized by Stephen Adams, Mm -hmm. Paul George, or they were tired. And it's weird because the Utah Jazz's bench outscored the Thunders 53 to 40. And uh, points in the paint was tied at 62. But it really seemed like the Thunders bench outplayed the Jazz. Mm-hmm. It was just a night and day difference between the athleticism between the Jazz's bench and the Thunders bench. And again, like we've been saying it all, like all po- every podcast, this Thunder bench is something to be reckoned with, and it's a bench that has already proven that they can they win did. them games. Yeah, they can win them games as well. But um, yeah, Toby. Toby's coast-to-coast layup. And I know you guys are all wondering, but Kyle Korver did make it through this game. (laughs) This was a successful trip. Well, sort of. He did not get traded this time. Yeah, John John Hamm and I were kind of joking in the media room before the game about, is he going to, like, walk out to the floor and just kind of, like, step onto the floor and just go, oh, God. Oh, God. And then he probably thought, like, until my first shot attempt, until I step onto the floor when the game is on, like, (laughs) am I going to get traded? (laughs) (laughs) So, bless Kyle Korver's heart. He he made a few shots tonight, but uh, overall was That was weird seeing him in a Utah Jazz jersey, though. Yeah, just a week ago. That was weird. You were, next to Woj, you were one of the ones that broke the story. So, congratulations, Madison Baum. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Mads bomb. Mads bomb. I like it. That, that was that, a really a cool thing. I mean, probably not for Kyle Korver, but. <laughs> but uh, Madison, kudos to you for working your ass off today. Oh uh, gosh, thank you. Drove all over the state, so um, I'm glad. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you're still here and safe and sane for the most part. I honestly um, feel pretty good. I know I've yawned a couple times during this. I hope no one could hear that. Because I'm boring. It's it's yeah, okay. Pretty, you're pretty freaking boring. <laughs> yes, no, I'm totally kidding. But um, yeah, no, this was. This was a pretty good win for the Thunder, I would say. I think they really showed a lot of fire under their feet. And I think after that uh, disappointing loss in Chicago, this was something that people needed to see. How did did the Thunder lose to Chicago? Chicago lost their next game by Mm -hmm. a lot. And then they get dominated by Sacramento in Chicago tonight. They got destroyed by... Boston, they lost by like fifty plus. Yeah, it's points. one. It's just gonna be one of those inexplicable. Like, like that's what the NBA. The heck? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even a schedule loss. It was bad. But oh well. That's the NBA for you. The Thunder rebound quite nicely against the Utah Jazz, the team that eliminated them last year in the postseason. Uh, final score one twenty two one thirteen. I think we went through all the stat stat lines. Blah blah blah. Hamadou Diallo had a, another good game. Nine points, four or five from the floor. He had one. Oh my God, you missed it. Oh, he you had, missed he had, good. He, he had this one take where he just hung. He went right into Derek Favors' chest. I, I think it was Derek Favors. He went right into his chest and just hung in the air. And I, I don't I don't know geometry, but he basically <laughs> had to flip the ball sideways over his head with his face facing the Utah Jazz's bench, and it just banked right in. And I, I just remember <laughs> tweeting, like, how the hell did he make that? But that's what Diallo does. He makes shots like that. But like um, that. Just another guy on the Thunder bench that's made the bench deadly. But Here we go. Yeah, kudos to you, Madison. Um, we'll get you out of here so you can go listen to some Glenn Fry. And, um, you know that's, you know that's going to be blasting and, in my car uh, right now. We're going to have to go. We're going to have to probably charge Adam for listening to the podcast like live. Yeah, Adam, he, he just, just been, listened just been, to the whole thing. He's been taking notes. Been taking notes over there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast. I uh, really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much. I didn't ask for questions tonight because I forgot because I'm an idiot. Uh, 
Questions next time. Questions next time when the Thunder take on the Pelicans on the road Wednesday night. Then they'll play Denver and Denver on Friday. And then Saturday, I cannot remember who they play, but they play the second The Clippers. The Clippers. They're playing the Clippers Saturday. The Law Clippers, as uh, the the NBA wants us to to write. The Law Clippers. The Law Clippers. Well, everybody, for Miss Madison Morris, this is Brady Tranton. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay sexy.